Hey Rippers, are you learning how to surf? But have you got a clue? Or are you a big old kook? Since there's a million ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a thing or two. Because if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, because everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason we started KookCast. Because the more you know, the less you'll kook it. <laughs> so bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. And this week, we have cause for celebration. Coach Ev successfully recorded an episode without messing it up. (laughs) No, he has a pretty good ratio when all is said and done. But this particular episode, we tried to record back a few months ago. And, um, well, somehow, someway, Coach Ev lost the recording, (laughs) or at least his end of it. Anyway, we finally came back around to to getting it done again because it was a topic we both really liked. Needless to say, we did it. We got it. Here it is. All right, so here's take two on Common the Chaos. (laughs) Coach Ev strikes again. Uh, I was just going to say that. (laughs) So we have my side of this conversation. It's somewhere in the archives, but of course, Coach Ev's recording got lost in the ether sabotage (laughs) self-sabotage anytime i try to get one of these computers or phones to do what i want it to do (laughs) usually goes the other way Uh, but i remember being pretty amped about this uh, topic because it was at the start of our summer season where things really start picking up and but it was still in the beginning when you know it can be challenging conditions to nail down you know the spring and the fall, and especially the winter, is the epitome of it, is that conditions are a little bit more violent more often. And those sweet windows you have for getting to surf in, especially if it's freezing cold and you have to gear up in a 5.4 and all that deal, they're, they're fewer and farther between. And naturally, sometimes you just end up paddling out in pretty bad conditions, just going like, well, whatever, we're here, we want to surf. It's the beginning of the season, so everyone's eager to get out there. And there we are, you know, with one of my one of my really great students um, gearing up to get out there, and I'm looking at the conditions. It's like sweeping side shore, just blowing the tops of the waves right off. Surfable. I mean, I see waves that can be ridden, but I'm thinking to myself, this is not a beginner's day. It's not a day where this person should expect to get rides but rather start working towards that proficiency of being able to maybe position yourself for a ride. And so that kind of leads me off into the first point uh, that we have in our outline of just setting your expectations on land, of what you're getting yourself into when you're going out into a, like a pretty gnarly situation. And, and common the chaos, before I go any further, is just, it was kind of what I was, it was the theme of our lesson that day. It was like, look, that is, crazy out there look at the wind look at the waves everything's going to be splashing you in the face and we had five fours with hoods on so to add to like the limiting you know limiting your senses it was just it was a lot to deal with and i said to him i was like nothing's changing though you still have to have great paddling technique you still have to do a nice smooth well technique sitting turn and set up the waves don't let the conditions don't let the chaos 
speed you up or or make you more frantic or anxious or you know it's all the same and so like for the whole session I was just reminding calm stay calm try to paddle like it's a beautiful sunny day and there's not a drop of wind not a drop of water out of place and you're just cruising along the surface you know and when in fact you're actually getting splashed by every little paddle you take every little wavelet that hits your board is also shooting up and hitting you in the eyeball you know and and so there's this this maturity of refinement a surfer can achieve and I was calling it that day calm in the chaos so you know when we recorded this episode shortly after that session I was all excited about it and pretty bummed to to find out that we lost your end of it but all here right. we go take two yeah, no, I mean, we, we talk about it and, and it's really helped me to, to engage it and, and practice it. Just, just your, your mental state when, when you're looking out at the ocean and you're getting ready to surf, it's, it's something that we kind of, an, another thing that we have to remind ourselves all the time is just like, don't over froth, don't get overly excited and start forgetting that like, you're just thinking about getting tubed and getting the perfect waves out there when really you should be like pulling yourself back and being kind of like modest like oh yeah but there looks like some nice waves out there hopefully I get a couple you know even if I got <laughs> one or two that would be a great day out there instead of just like turning you know turning your head into thinking it's going to be something that it very well may not be because the ocean again it just everything changes so fast i've gotten so frustrated out here like just think, thinking about la miss like wake up early everything's coming together nicely it's offshore it's beautiful i'm i'm kind of rushing to get in the water because i i just want to get the good conditions and then boom the wind kind of like starts to change and like my whole attitude kind of goes out the window like it turns into kind of a shitty session whereas if if i would have just accepted it and know that the onshores are coming and i'm still going to get to practice the things that i you know that i need to practice and i'm still getting in the water you know you just you gotta you gotta really level out your head before you're whether it's a it's a big day or if it's a just a regular run-of-the-mill sesh you know, mm -hmm. really manage those expectations and they can they can just change your whole what you can get out of a, a normal sesh. Totally. And, you know, something I really like about this this theme, this title, Calm in the Chaos, is that it's it's another one of those things that translates into who you are as a surfer on land, too. You know, when life gets chaotic, when actually I remember that was kind of part of the recording, because it, when we recorded this, it was right in the beginning in the middle, the beginning middle, when it was really intense of the pandemic, when yeah. it was like, holy cow, is the world really shutting down? Is this all happening? Is this, is what's happening happening? You know, it was like mind blowing at the time. Right. And to, to maintain a calm, to, to kind of keep a, a level head and to be, you know, present and to be able to make good decisions in a moment because you're, you're keeping that level head and because you're consciously telling yourself to keep it cool is a, it's a really good congruent you know, uh, theme that's on land and not necessarily in the water, but it's the same thing. It's the same lesson to just, you're, you're gonna do better if you can keep it calm, even if everything around you is going crazy. You know, and right. that's a, that's when you really prove it. What kind of person you are? Sorry, go ahead. Pra practice it on land and take it into the water. Right. You know, it's right. when when I think about keeping calm, 
when things are chaotic, it's easier to lose your shit and lose your mind and, and jump on the bandwagon with everybody else who's going, oh, I don't know what to do. Oh my God, what's going on? Mm-hmm. It's harder to kind of look within, okay, what's actually going on? What can I do, you know, to make this better for myself? Like mm-hmm. there's, there's some things that you can do. One thing I wanted, I definitely wanted to talk to you about was, um, was like our breathing. That's something that's helped me a lot ever since you, you talked about, talked about it at, at the last event, um, that, that really reminded me, like, even on just a normal session, start training yourself to breathe consistently while you're surfing. And that's like one of the things that I do when things start getting chaotic out in the lineup, um, say it's a bigger day or it's a sloppy day and I'm starting to get kind of beat up on the inside and I'm starting, like I feel my, my paddling might get a little bit weird, you know, or, or something like that. Desperate or something. Yeah. You just like, that's, you need to look for those little signals when you start (sighs) breathing hard and sucking for air, you know, and it's, and it's not really a, it's the situation doesn't warrant that that should trigger you to be like, kind of laugh at yourself. Like, look at me right now. I'm kind of a mess (laughs) and I need to tighten it up. You know, this is, this is my opportunity to train this calmness into my, into my actions, you know, breathe and, and tighten up that paddling technique and make sure you're doing good duck dives and turtles and just bring, just, just rein it back in and go back to basics. That's, that's the best thing that has helped me in these situations where I can feel myself start getting worked up. And it's very possible to laugh at yourself and tighten up your technique and and things start to get better very quickly. Yeah, that's such a good point, man. I, I, you know, you said a couple of things that I wanted to talk about, but I think the one I'm gonna pick is, is that's how you can be a better surfer right then and there in the moment. You know, is like going back and regaining what you just in that moment lost. You know, if you got a little, you know, desperate or a little, you know, rattled on the inside and you start getting sloppy. Isn't it funny how right when you need it the most is when you lose it, you know, like a good technique and stuff. And that's exactly when you should be especially attentive to keeping that technique, to maintaining it. Um, And that's how you can be a really great surfer. And that's how you get better fast is by doing things you already know how to do well when it's harder to do it. You know, when you're on the inside and you want to just keep paddling because you're desperate, but you're crooked on your board. No, stop, straighten out, fix it, get right, and then continue paddling. When you put two surfers next to each other and one of them's crooked on their board and trying to still paddle or just out of form and the other is all lined up and beautiful and paddling well in the middle of a chaotic situation, who's the better surfer? You know, who's the better surfer? It's not about who rode a wave or who's been surfing long. It's about this guy has good technique. It doesn't matter that another wave is coming to break on him after one just did already. You know, he's in better form, he's in better technique, he's the better surfer right then and there. And that's how, you know, being able to paddle through and turtle bigger and bigger waves and keep your technique and keep your form is how you get better. Doing the same fundamentals in more trial, uh, more challenging situations. Uh, and so I, I really liked how you said that, you know, and just it, it, it doesn't have to be complex stuff. You don't have to learn advanced maneuvers to be a good surfer. Yeah, you need to, again, like we always talk about, just learn how to master the, the 
fundamentals and all, always have that mastery, you know, always hold that, always hold that in, you know, that incredible form that you've worked so hard. Like you said, for some reason, it's very easy for it to go out the door right when you need it most. Um, so just like that, that's your opportunity. I have to tell myself all the time to tighten up my, my paddling. Every session, every time I get on a surfboard, I still have to remind myself. Oh, okay, I know what a, I know a little something that's off here. What do you What do you feel about yourself as one of the more common ways of compromise technique? Um, my feet and and my legs coming apart mm. right away. You know, like uh, for some reason on the longboard, it's easier to to get your legs out of the water and get them going. Um, get them going kind of back and forth or yeah and and I can feel it right away when I'm like let's tighten this up and I and I engage like my lower half more and I tighten up my feet and I my feet are touching and I'm right down the center of the board I feel my board just like just settle Mm. settle in each paddle and I'm just I'm just more like in a nice direct line wherever I'm going you know, right. none of it just limits that side to side rocking back and forth. And probably another one is just continuing to remember to just keep lifting up that head and that chest and mm-hmm. really have that that proud paddling, you know, arc with with your head and your chest up so that you have that leverage that you need and you have that perspective. You just see so much better when your head and your chest are up and you're, you're, it's just easier to kind of crane your neck around when you're in and, that position. And you look better. Yep. A lot of people care about how they look, so if you want to look good. But I'm glad you said that about the, uh, about the feet and the legs thing because, you know, somebody... I don't remember when, but somebody said to me, because they were on their longboard and they were doing that pedal kick thing, and I was like, hey, listen, that's not, help. stop doing that. Get your feet together, tighten it up. And, and they were like, well, why? So-and-so is doing it, referencing a much better surfer, an out surfer better than me, a great longboarder. Yeah. And I had to stop and think, okay, why don't I want them to do this? Why don't I, why is it better? Okay, so here was my, my, my solution my, or my reasoning. Why can that good surfer do it and I'm telling you not to? Well, for one, if that good surfer was my student, I'd tell them too. You know, number one. It's, and then so number two, getting into the actual function of it, it is a very minute, but it's, it's measurable amount of energy that it costs you to pedal kick your legs or to sway them or to have one kind of have this pendulum tempo, you know. And okay, maybe it's not that much if you look at it just for what it is for that second. Just like looking at a couple pennies isn't that much money. But over the course of an entire session, all those swing, every time you paddle, swinging your leg, going this way, it adds up just the same way a few pennies turns into a few dollars. You know, and that's what savings is. And when you talk about saving in life, you're not trying to make, you know, your life savings in a year. You do it over the course of your life. You save it up over time. And in the same way, you can think of energy. That no, it doesn't, it's not a lot right now and it doesn't equate to much. And when you take those few pennies and put it in your piggy bank, it's like, oh man, I'm not getting anywhere. But after a long time, it does add up to a significant amount of energy that you can otherwise save. 
it's and, the and efficiency the, yeah that that yeah. efficiency that we're always pressing people especially like our clients because they're they're not lifelong surfers trained over 20 odd years of surfing so we know they need to save something in the tank <laughs> so we're like come on tighten that up you only got you really only got 60 minutes in you so you can't waste those that you know those added whatever five mm -hmm. minutes of floundering Yes, exactly. You gotta, you gotta stop and and fix it and and make every paddle count, or and, every uh, swing of your leg or whatever. <laughs> so then there was one other way I was thinking. So sometimes it's the bicycle kick that's you know going with the way your knees go naturally. But I don't know if you've ever noticed, but but some people swing their leg the other way, like left and right. Yeah. So like your so if your foot's up in the air, you're bending your knee and you have one foot up in the air. And that foot is going over the water, over your outside rail, and then over your other leg, and over your over the water and over the leg. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like swinging. No, I've done. I do that sometimes, like in right. our videos. Right. So my my uh, uh, my problem with that is less about the energy and more about the wear and tear on your knee. Oh yeah. Do that over and over and over again, and make it a habit, so that every time you paddle, that's what you do. I give you a couple years before you start having things going on with your knee. Yeah. You know, like going against your knee, going against your knee. And it's just like the handle on the door or the latch on your, your, your dishwasher. Every time you use it, you're running out of uses before it breaks. Right, you know, right. that was actually something that would crack me up about one of our good friends we call stinkers. He would, he would get all bent out of shape when his son would open the dishwasher too many times because he's like, you're using up all the uses. And it cracked me up because it sounded like such an old man thing to say, but I totally got it. I was like, it's true because I've owned cars that I've kept for 15 years and all these things and I know it's gonna break. That little lever that you use to change the pitch of your back seat, it's gonna break, it did on mine, you know? And all these things that move up and down and move up and down break sometime or another. And so the same can be said of your knee. You know, if you just keep doing that, that swing that's kind of against the way that your knee naturally wants to bend, and you're wearing on it, you know? And, and so that's my, those are my arguments I had to just air out for you real quick. Oh, yeah. It. And, and it's just like what we're trying to do is, is stop any unnecessary movements, you know? Right. Like we're trying to stay centered on the board and, and calm and just collected and be like when you really focus on whatever's on the board is engaged and everything is off the board but in line with the center line of the stringer you'll you'll feel and see a major difference in in your paddling you feel mm -hmm. so locked in you feel super strong and you feel like you're really making each and every stroke count and you're mm -hmm. just getting the most out of each each movement and just right. totally in control Right, and for a second I was almost feeling like we were going on a tangent with this, but then I realized, like, no, calm in the chaos is not letting the outside world do these things to your technique. You know, not feeling like, oh, I got to get there and start pumping your leg or swinging your leg or something. This is part of that recognition of staying calm and that that's not going to help you get out any faster. And if anything, you know, that was the sort of mini tangent. If anything, it's going to hurt you. Right. You know, it's going to hold you back at least in the long run. Um... What else we got in here? I'm just reading the second one. I, I like it. I don't know if we really hit it, sort of maybe, but without explicitly saying, staying true and calm in the battle. So 
you know, taking, having your expectations that you set on land, looking out at sea, you know, and, and being like, okay, this is what I'm getting into. This is how it's got to be. This is how I got to be. Now, once you get out there, it's really easy, like we said earlier, to, to kind of let that go out the window. And so you got to stay true. You got to keep reminding yourself and bringing yourself back to your original goal and, and mindset so that you can stay true when you're actually in the heat of the battle, when actually it's, that's the hard moment to, to, to stay calm in the chaos. Because it's one thing to stand on the beach and be like, oh, it's, it's chaotic out there. I got to stay calm. But to follow through and actually maintain that standard for yourself through the whole session is a different story. Absolutely. Yeah, that's, that's, it's a difficult one to do, but it's like you, again, you get the opportunity to do it like almost every session, even when it's, even when it's really small, you'll find yourself in some situation where you're compromising good surfing and, and there's your opportunity to be like, okay, I, I make the necessary changes right now on the fly. I'm doing it. Yep, I'm getting, yep. I'm getting better. I'm doing what, what the coaches were talking about. <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much our last point, isn't it? Just carrying it forward to future sessions and your overall improvement. You know, this isn't just a, a one session thing. You don't, you're not waiting to practice this in, in a chaotic session, uh, but any session. You know, this is whether it's easy to stay calm or not. This is a, an always an underlying goal. And the more you practice it, because it's not natural. So the more you practice it, the better you'll get, the calmer you'll get, the more you'll realize what is important and needs to be done, and everything else is just fluff and extra unnecessary stuff that doesn't need to be there. You know, and that, that takes you through life and, and, and surfing future sessions that just continue to bring you towards this goal of who you want to be as a surfer in and out of the water. Yeah, it's, it's really the only way to be. And I think that's some some of the big intrigue to surfing is that humans know that they can be super calm and cool and collected on land but then as soon as they get into the water it's just a whole nother it's just a whole nother ball of wax and um <laughs> and it's really hard to do it's really hard to do you know especially when it's it's starting to get powerful out there and it's just it's an it's it's an intriguing challenge to really to really do it so I, I think that's why a lot of people who don't even surf they're really they're really fired up and they've thought about surfing a lot just just maybe having seen it on tv or a few times at the beach there's something about the challenge of of keeping your shit together in the ocean that is it's it's a lifelong journey to actually do it in shoulder high surf let alone when when it gets big mm. I think that's a great way of measuring your, your limits, you know, is what, where is your mindset at, you know, in certain conditions and places. And, and you know when you're approaching your limit, 